Welcome to Remnant Christian Center's podcast. We hope you're encouraged by this message. So how many are ready to get deep in the Word of God today? How many want to reign in life? Come on. You could reign in life when you don't feel good. You could still reign in the spirit. I love what that song says, even though I don't feel that it's working, even though I don't see it's working, you never stop working. Behind the scenes, you have to believe that he is working. Can I hear an amen? All right, let's turn to James chapter 2 and let's go before the Lord in prayer. Father, in Jesus' name, we ask you, Lord God, that you would release your spirit in the name of Jesus. I pray, Father, that in the, in the moment that we are in, that you would cause us to hear your word. But more than just that, be doers of your word, but also I'm asking a, a releasing of hunger for your word. Father, we get so tied up in the routine of going to church and we get so busy that we don't even pay attention to your word at church. Father, let all ears be attentive. Let all minds be attentive. Let us, let us be at the edge of our seat at the word of the Lord because your word of the Lord is a fire. And it comes forth and it brings forth change in Jesus' name. And everyone said, amen. amen. Now, James chapter 2, oh, man, I'm excited about this word. So it's going to be a little deeper than usual, but I know you like deep stuff, so amen. James chapter 2, verse 14 through 22 and uh, I'm going to read in the NLT. Now, I'm going to pause and say this. This is a very popular scripture, but I'm going to break it down in a deep way uh, so that we can understand greater than what sometimes we've been taught. How many know that sometimes as we get revelation, we have to unlearn some of the things we've learned? Come on, Kevin. Come on, Kevin. Come on, God. Right? As we, as we, as we grow in the Lord, sometimes in order to receive that truth... And the Lord, sometimes we have to put a pause button on what we grew up learning. Not that it's bad, but that there's more, right? There's more revelation. So get your Bibles out. If you have your Bibles, get your iPhones. If you have your iPhones or your iPads. And James chapter 2. Now, uh, again, uh, I don't want to go through review, but review. We, had, we talked about being a doer of the word, not a hearer uh, a couple weeks ago. But now it goes into the famous chapter where it talks about faith and works. Now, don't tune me out because you've heard this a million times. I want you to see in the NLT uh, something very hidden, something deep that is going to really catapult your faith to actually want to do this, okay? So James chapter 2 verse 14 says this. And by the way, this scripture that I'm about to read applies to your business, applies to your marriage. Come on, somebody. It applies to your ministry. It applies to your finances. But it, you will see that you can't have one without the other, okay? James chapter 2 verse 14 says this. And you, it's up on the screen. What good is it? Dear brothers and sisters, now I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to avoid the temptation to preach as I read because I have so much information in these just verses that I'm going to read it all and then I'm going to come back and break everything down for you. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith but don't show it by your actions? I'm going to keep reading because I feel excited about that. Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose, this is hilarious to me, suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing. In other words, they need real physical answers, not spiritual answers only. Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food or clothing and you say, goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, and eat well. <laughs> but then you don't give that person any food or clothing. Oh, man. What good does that do? In other words, the brother's going to stay hungry. So you see, faith by itself isn't enough. Say faith by itself 
isn't enough. Say it again. Faith by itself isn't enough. One more time for those religious people out there. Faith by itself isn't enough. Uh-oh. Unless it produces good deeds or works from the Spirit of God. It is indeed, watch this, dead and useless. James says our faith is actually dead and useless if it's not coupled with good deeds flowing from a changed heart. Oh, it got quiet up in here. Watch. Now, someone may argue, oh, man, I'm going to just, some people have faith. And others have good deeds. But look at what James says. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to foreshadow something because this next verse is the verse that uh, some of us grew up uh, saying that it's uh, is different. I will show you my faith by my good deeds. I will show you my faith by my good deeds. You say you have faith, for you believe that there is one God. Good for you. Even the demons believe that there is one God, and they tremble in terror. How foolish. Can't you see that faith without good deeds or works is useless? Don't you remember that? Now, this is where it gets trippy here. Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God, or another word for that is justified, by his actions? Don't lose me now. When he offered his son Isaac on the altar, you see his faith, oh boy, are you ready to shout? His faith and his actions worked together. Are you ready for this last sentence? Are you ready? Watch this. And his actions made his faith complete. Wait, his actions made what he believed all the internal stuff that people say that we don't see just between us and God, our faith. He says our action makes our faith complete, which means that our faith can be incomplete. Why do I say that? Because James says faith without works or good deeds that flow from a changed heart or from the heart of faith is dead. And not only did he say is dead, he said it's useless. He said, faith without works is dead and useless. That means it's not, your faith can't even be used if it's not coupled with, listen, works or good deeds. Now, what, now why, why, why do I say this is a controversy? Because if you read really good when I was reading, uh, James is talking about uh, Abraham and being right with God by his works. But yet, Paul the apostle says, we are saved by grace. And through faith, through grace by faith, let not of works, not of works. Lest anyone should boast. So is, is this a contradiction? What is, is he talking about? James is talking about works and the apostle, uh, uh, the apostle Paul is talking about faith. So what we have to do is break down some of these words. Because justification is to be made right with God. And we just, we just heard this says, and Abraham was made right by, uh, uh, declared right by God by his actions. So what is he saying? Is there a contradiction? No. Can faith and works and Paul and James harmonize with each other? Yes. Are you ready for this? It got quiet. Maybe it's because you're listening. So here's what happens. Justification, by definition, is this. It's going to be up on the screen. Justification, to be justified, means the act of God declaring people free from guilt and penalty of sin, making one righteous and cleansed. Come on, say amen. 
So what is justification? Justification is what happened when you repented of your sins, whenever year that was, and you gave, you, you surrendered your life to the Lord, the righteousness that was imputed into your spirit and made you clean, that's justification. The righteousness, salvation, now watch, the Bible says we can't earn that. We can't work our way to be cleansed. We can't, we can't um, uh, abstain from lying for 30 years and then make ourselves clean. No, the righteousness from God is justification because of what he did on the cross, and that is through faith and faith in Christ alone. So then that, what is James trying to say to us? Justification, this type of justification is when we are made right with God. Let me just say something that's going to make you shout, hopefully for a little bit. The righteousness of God that is in every believer can is so pure and so the highest level of righteousness that it can never be improved upon in your life. Your behavior can be improved upon, but the justification, the spirit of God, the spirit of righteousness that's in you can never be improved upon. Why? Because it's perfect and holy. Do you realize that you carry the absolute perfection of, of righteousness in you when you got born again? Do you realize who you are? When you got born again, the very righteousness of God, you say, you don't believe me. Corinthians says, now you have become the righteousness of God in Christ. So, so, so he's talking about, so watch this. It's, it's talking about justification being made right with God. So faith, works, justification. The apostle Paul then says something little bit different. So let's look at what the Apostle Paul says. James says that, we made, that Abraham was made right by his actions and that our works, without, faith without works is dead. Now look at what Paul the Apostle says because he says something a little different. Now I want you to see this because I'm going to go back and forth with these two people and realize that it's actually a marriage of both. Say both. Look at Romans 4 verse 1 through 5. Watch this. Again, today I'm going to get a little deeper if that's okay with you. Abraham was, humanly speaking, NLT, the founder of our Jewish nation. What did, what did he discover about being made right? Hear, hear this, being made right, justified with God. What did, what did Abraham discover about being made right with God? If his good deeds or works had made him acceptable to God, he would have had something to boast about to men, but it was not God's way. For the scripture says, wait a minute now, the scripture says Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. Are you, are you guys with me? Scripture tells us Abraham believed God and God counted him as righteous because of his faith. When people work, in other words, real life work, their wages are not a gift. How, how many of you have a job? When they give you that paycheck, it's not a gift. You earn that paycheck. It's not like, oh, so thank you. It's like, you better give me my paycheck. <laughs> when people work, their wages are not a gift, but something that they have earned. But people are counted a, as righteous, not because of their work, follow me, but because of their faith in God who forgives sinners. That is the only faith, the only uh, justification that we have is through our faith in Christ alone. All right? So we see that. We see that we cannot get born again by our good works. And then James is talking about faith without works is dead and that he, we, also get, we also get made right by God by our works. What is happening here? We also see that same Paul go to, uh, I believe it's 
He says, in, in, yeah, in Ephesians, he says, for by grace you have been saved through faith. You can put that up there. Ephesians chapter 2, you guys know this, right? For by faith you have been saved through faith. Everybody say faith. Not of yourselves, that is, it is a gift of God. Watch. Not of works. Ooh. Not of works, lest anyone should boast. And I hope I'm not confusing you. I just wanted you to see what the difference is, and I'm going to say it in just a minute. James was talking about faith without works is dead. Show me proof that you have faith. Abraham is saying faith alone in Christ makes you justified with Christ. Now, these two principles are actually not opposites. They actually need to be working together. Do you realize that these two things have to work together? In order to understand faith and in order to understand works, you must understand that faith and works need to be married together. Everybody say together. Because they're, they're, they have two distinct meanings. And here's the glorious part that you're going to shout with me. Because Paul the apostle, here's the difference. I'm going to land it here. Paul the apostle was talking about the provision of our salvation, James was talking about the proof of our salvation. Oh, come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. See, see Paul the apostle was saying the, the provision of salvation is through your faith alone in Christ. And James is saying, yeah, that's right. But after that, after that, the proof of your salvation is what flows out of you in the good works from the Holy Spirit. In, in, in other words, in other words, you are not complete if you just say, Lord, come into my heart. Yeah, uh, and and uh, when I say complete, I'm not talking about justified. I'm saying your faith isn't complete until it's coupled with good deeds filled with the infusion of the Holy Spirit. Not good deeds without faith because faith without works is dead, but works without faith is also dead. Now watch. Paul was talking about the provision of salvation. James was talking about the proof. Is there proof of salvation in your life? Oh, come on. By your actions, by your words, by the works that's happening, by the mercy that you extend to somebody, can people see faith in you? There was a, there was a, a, a preacher a long time ago that said, if you and I and Christians were on trial on the court for being a Christian, will they have enough evidence to convict you? And the only, if you were on trial for being a Christian, will the court system and the world have enough evidence to convict you? In other words, how would they convict you unless they see you doing something that act like what you claim you believe? They can't convict you if you're silent and never doing anything that produces the righteousness that's in you. And we'll always remember, the righteousness in you produces righteousness out of you. The grace in you produces grace out of you. And so this is what he was talking about. Paul was talking about the provision of salvation. James was talking about the... the uh, the proof of salvation. In other words, the working out of salvation. Paul was talking about the means of salvation. James was talking about the, uh, the marks of salvation. Come on, say amen. So it's like this. Faith is like the keys to the car. Works is turning it on and driving it out of your driveway. Faith is the keys to your car. It's already there. It's given. But the keys to the car, as glorious as that is, will do you nothing unless you hop in the car, come on, turn the ignition on, and drive out of your highway. How, uh, being driveway. That is works. Faith is the seed sown underground that nobody could see. Works is the manifestation of the seed going to the ground and bringing fruit that everybody could see. 
Faith is the seed that nobody sees. Works is the fruit that everybody sees. Do you see what, what I'm saying? Now, now watch this. This is where I'm going to get a little deep. I'm going to get happy because we, we grew up uh, saying, we grew up saying that we can't see faith, right? Because the Bible says we can't see faith, right? Now look, faith is what we believe. Works show what we believe. Now I'm going to highlight the word show. Everybody say show. How can you show something to someone when it's invisible? <laughs> say, hey, that's my friend Bob over here. Yeah, you see him, right? I want to sh- show you Bob, right? Yeah, either I'm cuckoo or crazy or, or Mr. Snuffleupagus, if you guys remember <laughs> my imaginary e- elephant, right? Or if I'm asking you to see something, it's because, watch this, there is an ability for it to be seen. Oh, gosh. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. Oh. So watch this. Look at this. Your faith can be seen. Put that up there. Say that with me. Say, my faith can be seen. Say it really loud. Say, my faith can be seen. Now, if you know anything about Scripture for a long time, that almost seems like a contradiction because Hebrews 11, verse 1, what does it say? Come on, we know that. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things Let's say that again. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So what is he talking about? Why can we see faith? Because we grew up believing this, but the Greek word for substance, woo-hoo. Are you ready? Look, look, look. Now, faith is the, everybody say substance. Now, faith is the substance. Now, notice that it didn't say faith cannot be seen. It said faith is the substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Watch, 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 watch. Look, look at this. The Bible says that, that the Greek word for substance, and, I, and if you don't listen, I want to encourage you. Don't just believe what I say. Look at it for yourself. Go to blueletterbible.org. You can do that. It's a, it's a great app or, uh, or Blue Letter Bible, and you can get it in the app store. And look up the word substance from the, the, the Hebrews 11, and you know what it says? I wrote, I wrote it like it said it. That which has actual existence. A substance, a real being. Substance is described as a real being. So how then can our faith be seen as a real being? You know how? By demonstrating by your actions what you already believe inside of your heart. In other words, watch this, watch this. You know how faith can be seen even as evidence? We're talking about evidence, right? If I, if I told you, if you didn't know me and I told you that I have kids and I invited you to my house, how would you know that there's kids in my house even if you didn't see them? Oh, I'm going I'm I'm to be happy. How, how would you know? Watch this, watch this. If I invited you to my house and I say I have two kids and you say, where are they? And my kids are somewhere in a camp somewhere and I invite you to my house and it's just me and my wife. And how would I convince you by faith that that you know that I have kids because you could go into every room in, into the house and there's one room that's really different than all the other rooms, right? And it has video games. The decor is different. The size of the clothes in the closet is different than the, my size of clothes. And though they're not there, the evidence that I have kids is very visible by what you see. By what you see, the works, in other words, the outside, the toys, the video games, the medium shirts. (laughs) Hallelujah. 
the, the different size sneakers, the decor, you may not physically see them, but you know. You know what that is? Evidence. There's a real person in there one, one, at, at maybe 10 o'clock. There's a real person living in this room. I don't see them, but I know they're there. Because watch this, I can see the evidence as a real being. Look at this. So, 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 so what does this look like in your life? What are you believing for that is only in the faith realm and it's not in the action realm? Let me tell you something. If you're believing, if you're believing God, that if you believe in God for provision, then start acting like a peaceful person during the financial crisis. If you believe that everything's going to be all right, then act like everything's all right before everything's all right. That, that's faith and works. Now look at James again. Listen, look at James again. If you're believing God for a breakthrough, start doing something that positions you for that. Start reading the word. Don't just, don't just say, oh, well, you know what? I have, I've been believing God for a breakthrough and you haven't read the word. You haven't prayed. You know, I remember years ago, uh, Pastor Benny Hinn was telling a story and he was talking about faith and, uh, and faith and works and activate your faith. All of a sudden, this lady in the wheelchair in, 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 in the front row, she's just like... And, you know, and people thought like she was like spazzing out. And she was like, well, the whole time he was preaching, and he's like, Ugh. and then someone told him, like, what is he doing? They whispered in the ears, it's like, they're hearing, they're getting stirred by the message of faith, and they're doing something about it. And they say, today I'm going to get healed. I'm not leaving this place. She was literally trying to pick herself up. She was paralyzed. By the end of that service, the Lord totally healed her, and she was running all over the, 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 the Colosseum there. What are you believing for that you're just sitting down on and doing nothing? It's useless. If you are believing for a breakthrough, get more into the word. If you, if, even if you don't feel it, praise the Lord anyways. What are you believing for financially? You know what? Keep trucking. Keep going. Keep pressing. Keep walking. If you're believing for a wayward child, wayward husband, wayward daughter, wayward wife, or wayward family member, keep praying. That is, see, that's the work part. The belief part is already inside of you. I believe that they're going to be saved. The work part is actually going to the prayer closet and, and praying for it. Look at this. James chapter 2. I'm getting excited by myself. Watch this. Verse 14. Are you enjoying this? Look at it. Let's look now. Now I'm just where I'm going to break this scripture down. Okay, where I had a temptation to do it in the beginning, but now I'm going to do it now. Look at verse 14 again. We're going to reread it. What good is it, dear brothers and sisters, if you say you have faith, but don't show it by your actions? Can that kind of faith save anyone? Suppose you see a brother or sister who has no food and clothing. <laughs> Listen to this. I, this is the typical. The, if you want to see the most religious response in the Bible, it's this. Goodbye, have a good day, stay warm, and eat well in Jesus' name. <laughs> you see somebody, a brother or sister, means a brother in Christ, they're cold, they're hungry, and they're destitute of food. Could you imagine someone comes to you and says, hey, bro, I haven't eaten in a week. I'm about to pass out. Be warm, goodbye. Be warm, be filled, be coated, be filled with hunger right now. I mean, be filled from your hunger in Jesus' name. Go. What do you think is going to happen to that person? They're going to die. <laughs> or what's going to happen is that they're going to mock your faith. Because the fact that you just prayed about it and didn't do something about it makes your faith, watch this, incomplete. Incomplete, the Bible says. So the answer 
to the works of that situation is it, everything is not spiritual, although that is spiritual. If you have faith that you have something that you could provide for that person, here's, here's how your faith is complete in that situation. Go into your pantry, whatever you have extra that you feel that you could bless somebody with, and give them a little sweater, or give them some can of food, or give them some, food, uh, some uh, edible items, and guess what you just did? You just activated your works. Now watch, now, now this is the part, guys, zoom in on me, that I'm going to, sh- to, to harp on today that really blessed me what I was studying, okay? I'm going to prove to you by scripture that you can see faith, even though the Bible says uh, that faith without, uh, sorry, um, now faith is, is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. You already heard the scripture about that, but look at what this says. He says, let's keep on going. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith and others have good deeds. But I say, look at what James says. I want you to read it closely. I say to you, how can you show me, circle the word show, how can you show me your faith? Wait a minute, I thought you can't see faith. Well, he's absolutely telling you that you can see faith. How can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? How can you tell me that you're a Christian if I don't see fruit from it? Look at this. Then, then James shocks everybody. He goes, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to put everybody on blast. He goes, I'm gonna sh-. he goes, you show me your faith without your works. I'm going to show you my faith by my works. In other words, the fact that I am reaching out and, and, and giving to the poor is a, is a confirmation that my life is changed and out of my heart comes good works from the Lord. Come on, somebody. You got too quiet up in here. So, Paul, so sorry, James says, I'm going to show you my faith by my good works. Do you know people are watching you? How you respond to things, how you act at things, and you claim to be a Christian. Let me go on this side because this side is going to say amen. Come on. Come on, bro. And you say that you're a Christian, and we say that we're in our, a, a godly lifestyle. What is your actions speaking that is louder than your faith? So watch, watch. Verse 18 proves that you and I could have our faith seen. From this day forward, don't think of faith as just something that's between you and God. Your faith could actually be seen. Why? Your faith is seen by what you do for others, the mercy you extend for someone, the hand that you see, and you see the work and the love of God inside someone because of their good deeds that flow from a changed heart that the Holy Spirit lives inside of them. The fact that they don't blow up on you anymore and they used to blow up on you, the fact that they don't curse you out and they used to curse you out, that is evidence that there's a changed life. You say, James says, you think that you could prove your faith by not doing anything and just standing there and just between you and God and the rest of your life is just you and God and you and God. You're not letting your light shine. It's just you and God, you and God, you and God. He says it's useless. He says, prove, I'll prove my faith. In other words, I'm, pr- I'm going pr- I'm gonna, I'm gonna to modernize it. I'm going to prove that I'm born again and spirit-filled by, by my works by my giving to the poor, by my preaching, by the way I respond, by the way that I talk. Uh, by the way that I talk, amen? If you have faith that everything's going to be okay, act like everything's going to be okay. Can I hear an amen? amen? Example, the Shunammite woman. Do you guys remember the Shunammite woman? I know that's a kind of a, uh, some of you guys have been in church for a while. Some of you are like the Shunammite who? I mean, 
There's a woman in 2 Kings chapter 4. We're not going to turn there. I'm just going to tell you the story. The 2 Kings chapter 4, there was this woman. Now, I want you to see this, guys. See this. Please, please, this is going to be important when it comes to marrying faith and works. Because I believe after today, you're going to start moving your feet again to what you believe. Because there's a lot of Christians that only believe for things, but they're not moving towards that thing. They're not making plans. If you want to lose weight, you got to move towards that. Don't just ask God to, t- to take off that weight for you. Glory to God. Lord, tomorrow I want to lose 10 pounds in the name of Jesus. Come on. And you wake up and no change. You want to start a business, but you're waiting for God to give it to you, and God is asking you, hey, move towards that dream that I put in your heart. Get with people that have those same visions and dreams and get connections. Yeah, yeah, amen. So the Shunammite woman, here's the story. Look at me. The Shunammite woman, she was uh, um, uh, a widow. Well, at first, she wasn't a widow. She needed a, a, a child. And so the prophet said, hey, hey, listen, um, Every time the prophet would come by her house, she said, hey, this is a righteous man of God. Let's build a room for him, an upper room for him, right? Let's build a room in the upstairs. So think about that. You're, a, a prophet goes by the street every day. This godly, influential woman looks at him and says, we, he's a man of God. He needs a place to stay. So they give, him a, they give him a place to stay, Elisha, and he stays in the upper room, and he sleeps there, and then he does his ministry, that's free hotel service right there for a traveling minister, right? So he goes there, he eats, they provide for him. All of a sudden, she, he goes, hey, hey, Gehazi, that's his assistant. Go tell this Shunammite woman, what, do, what can we do for her? Because she's been really kind. And she's like, you know what she says? Like, oh, I'm good. Now, now watch, now watch. She desired something. She didn't have a son. She didn't have, she didn't have a kid. She was, she, she was barren. And so Gehazi said, hey, look, she's kind of good. She spoke that she's all good when things weren't really good. Do you see this? Do you see where I'm going? So then Gehazi said, look, she has been wanting a son. She's without child, and, she, and, her, and, her, and her husband's already old. It <laughs> actually says that. Her husband's already old. The prophet says, tell her by this time next, next year you're going to have a son, right? You're going to have a son. And the widow, I mean, sorry, not the widow, the, 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 Shul- the Shunammite woman says, don't be messing with me, Elisha. He said that. He said, he said don't you be joking with me. You know how sensitive I am. Don't be, don't be messing around with me. Come on, I'm old, and he's old too. Come on. And sure enough, sure enough, this woman produced, had a baby. Now watch, I'm going somewhere with this. When the, when the boy was a, 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 of age, he was probably a, a teenage boy or maybe a little bit younger than that, he, the Bible says he was out in the fields with the reapers. Okay? You follow me? Follow me? And all of a sudden his head hurt. He goes, my head, my head, my head. And his head, he probably had a hemorrhage of, of, of his brain, a brain hemorrhage. The Bible says that she came and he, he died. Watch this. He died. Now, what, this is where I'm going to. This is where I'm getting at. Because this woman had faith because she acted like she had something before she had it. You got to act like you have it before you have it so God can send it in the name of Jesus. Come on. So she quickly, want, listen, how many of you would freak out? I admit I would, I would freak out if my son or, or kid died in my, in my lap. She, the Bible says the kid died in her lap. She called her husband and she said, hey, give me, get, send me the donkey and all the chariots because I want to go after the man of God. And he goes, hey, why do you want to do this at midday? Is everything okay? She have not even told her husband. You know what she said to her husband? All is well. 
What? No, 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 no. All not is not well. It's not well in the natural. My son, our son just died. How many know that's bigger than a headache? How many know that's bigger than a little few? Find out? I'm talking about your kid just died, and, and, and she's asking for the donkeys to, to ride over to meet Elijah, and then her husband's like, why are you doing this? Don't worry, all is well. What was she doing? She was marrying her faith now with her works. Now, now watch, if she would have said all is well and did nothing about it, it would have been incomplete. She said all is well, then she got on that donkey. <laughs> See, she, she didn't say, I'm just going to be here. It's going to be all right. She goes, I need to tell the man of God because he prophesied, and I told him don't mess with me, and now my son is dead. So he said, all, she said, all is well, faith. I went on the donkey. I'm going to go to Eli- Elisha. That's works. So I'm going to Elisha. I'm going to Elisha, and the Bible says at the way off, Gehazi saw the, the, the Shunammite woman and said, hey, uh, Elisha, the Shunammite woman. The, who, who we're staying in the house, she's coming. And Elijah said, ask her if everything's okay. Come on, mamas, you know, come on, mamas. I'm going to talk to the ladies for a little bit. Mamas, you be going, oh, God, oh, God, my baby. Come on, come on. Ask, ask if everything's okay. Guys, her son just died. Gehazi says, hey, you guys are coming, you're coming, I see, uh, the prophet sees you coming. Is everything okay? She told Gehazi, all is well. But she didn't stop. She said, all is well, second time. And so she kept on going, threw her, herself at the feet of Elisha, the Bible says, in 2 Kings chapter 4, and, Eli, and Gehazi was trying to stop her, and Elisha recognized, wait, this person, she's anguished, they're in anguish of soul. And then all of a sudden, she told Elijah, hey, you promised that there would be a, a son. Why is he sitting there dead? And then the Bible says Elisha recognized, I got to do something about it. I got to go pray. The moral of the story is Elisha went up there, breathed on that child, laid on that child, and presented the child back alive to the Shunammite woman. But here is what people miss. We only see the miracle, but we don't see the process of faith and works that had to be done in order for that miracle to take place. We just see the end result, but we don't see the journey that that woman said, all is well, all is well. All the time, her mind is probably battling, what if he doesn't raise up? As a matter of fact, it did happen. The Bible says, I missed out a point. The Bible says, before I go, Elisha, go send Gehazi. I lay my staff on him, and he'll raise up. Guess what happened? He laid the staff on him and nothing happened. What happens when you have faith and the staff is laid and nothing happens? The staff from Elisha was laid upon the boy from Gehazi and the Bible says there was no life in him. She right there could have said, man, I've done everything I can. Even Elisha's staff is not raising him up. Let me watch this. Accept my downfall, except the son. She did not take no for an answer. And answer. Let me tell you something about faith. It's tenacious and it says no. It does not take no for an answer. The violent take it by force. If you truly have faith, you will not give up until you see the manifestation of the thing. If you truly have faith for something, you will continue to do it. Come on, say all is well. Come on, say all is well. She acted like everything was well when things were not well so everything could be well. Don't ask me to repeat that. I'm going to try. She acted like everything was well when things were not well so things can get well. Oh, man. Call things that are not as though they are. 
How's your financial situation? And you have like $25 in your bank. It is awesome. I'm not saying fake it till you make it. I'm not saying that. I'm saying faith it till you make it. I used to preach fake it till you make it. That's not really, that's not really what God wants. He doesn't want to bless the fake you. He wants the real you. Because when, when he was wrestling with Jacob, do you know the word Jacob means deceiver? And he was wrestling with, oh, this is a good revelation. He's wrestling with, with Jacob and he, he called himself a deceiver. They called him deceiver and deceiver. And God knows everything who is sovereign asks a question. How, how, can you do, how can you mess with God when he asks a question? You know, you know that he's asking you a question because he already knows the answer. Let, let me give you a revelation. Anytime God asks you a question, it's not because he doesn't know. It's because he wants you to know. So he's wrestling with Jacob, the deceiver. The deceiver, watch this, watch this. He's, he's, he goes, what's your name? My name is Jacob. In other words, I am who they say I am. I'm a deceiver. I'm a liar. I'm what everybody says I am. I am Jacob. I am deceiver. He goes, you're not Jacob. I can imagine Jacob saying, yes, I am. He says, you're Israel. You're a prince. You're a prince. This is why you have to get to that point where your identity is shaped by your faith in Christ and then the actions speak louder than just your faith. Don't say that that you're a believer if you don't have the substance with it. So so watch. So watch this. Look at this slide. Are you getting something? (laughs) Your faith, sorry, your works that flow, it's going to be on the screen. Your works that flow out from what you believe in God makes your faith real and visible to people. I want to say that again. You can take a picture of this. Your works that flow out from what you believe. What do you believe this morning? Are you believing in a business? Are you believing in, in the things of Christ uh, 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 to, to match your situation? Are you believing wholeheartedly the word of God? What are you doing to appropriate that faith? Watch this. Your works that flow from what you believe in God makes your faith real and visible to people. When I used to see videotapes of, of um, Mother Teresa years ago. And relentlessly she would go in a little skinny body and give things to the poor and food to the poor and pick up these children in a little fragile body and just kiss them and, and feed them. Do you not know that I saw the faith? Of, I saw Jesus. I saw Jesus in action. Faith can be seen. Now watch, here's where we're going to get a little bit more down to earth. At your job, can people see your faith? See, see, we, we, we're told, uh, we're not allowed to talk about our faith. I'm not talking about talking about. I'm talking about can they see your faith? Can they see your faith? Well, you know, Pastor George, we're not really allowed to evangelize. I'm not saying that. Can they see the calmness in your spirit? Can they see the peace of God when all hell's breaking loose? Can they see a smile when they know you're hurting or when they know when the company's hurting? Can can they see you with a right mind when everybody else is all lunatic and losing their mind and you're speaking the word of God and you're still in the same situation they are in? That is when your faith is seen. And they say, something is different about this person because I see see something in them, that means when I see something in them, I want what's in them. Oh God. Oh Jesus. So listen, listen. And I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to close in just a little bit. But you have to realize this. That he says something and I want the worship team to come up here. Uh, the, the worship team that's designated to come up. Uh, I know John and Christina had to, to go, but so the, the worship team uh, could come up here uh, at any moment. 
Um, look at what James chapter 2, verse 21 says. Watch this. Amen. James chapter 2. Give me about five minutes. You guys okay? James chapter 2, verse 21 and 22. Here's where we're going to close. You guys with me? Okay. I can't read your, 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 your expressions. <laughs> now watch verse 21. says, Do you, don't you remember, here's where I'm going to close there, that our ancestor Abraham was shown to be right with God by his actions when he offered his son Isaac to the altar? You see his faith and his actions. Everybody say faith, faith. and actions work together. Now watch this. Here's the key. His actions made his faith complete. I want everyone to say that with me right now. Say, my actions makes my faith complete. Now, I didn't say that. The Bible says that. He says, his actions made his faith complete. Listen to me, which leads me to my next point. Put that slide up there. When we combine faith and works as an equal reality in our life, the result is called, there's a word, obedience. Put that slide up there, Darius. Look at this. When we combine faith and works as an equal reality in our lives, the result is called obedience. So I'm going to give you what obedience is because we throw around that word. Hey, we need to be obedient. You You know what obedient means? Obedient is actually one of the definitions of faith and works together. Why? Because your faith is not complete until it's coupled with the works associated with your faith. So watch, and I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna say this. The word complete, if you wanna write this down, it's not gonna be on your, on your screens. The word complete carries a, a connotation of obedience because in the Greek word, don't ask me to pronounce it, it's telaao, T-E-L-A-O-O, which means in the Greek, the word complete means to carry through, to accomplish and finish something. Listen to me. To execute a deed fully to the end. That's what complete means. To execute fully to the end. Sounds like obedience to me. Sounds like obedience to me. Faith and works together couples our completeness with God. Put that last slide up. Put that last slide up there. Faith and works makes our obedience complete. How many know that you're not going to be fully, uh, listen, you're not going to be fully obedient. Now this is going to, don't, don't tune me out. You're not going to be fully obedient to the Lord if, you're, if your faith and works are not coupled together. Do you guys remember King David and Saul? Do you guys remember him? Do you know that in the natural King David, and the natural, please hear me. In the natural, King David did worse sins than Saul in the natural. What did David do? David, a righteous king, he looked at a woman, lusted after her that was married and then wanted her so bad that he put his assistant, who was a righteous man, loyal to him, drunk, put him in the front of the battle, retreated so that he could die and make it seem like he died in battle. And then when he was dead, he slept with Bathsheba, right? And not, and not only that, so he not only committed murder, he committed adultery. Now watch, watch. So here's Saul, the one who was rejected. What did he do? The prophet said, look, remember, I want you to see this about incomplete, all right, about complete. 
the prophet said, I want you to kill all the Amalekites. I want you to kill all those enemies of the Lord. See, that's a whole preaching right there. We need to slaughter every little enemy inside of our hearts. And you say, well, that's a cruel God. No, if you realize that just a little seed of the enemy in you is going to produce something bad, you want to kill that thing. Listen, I don't want to live with 2% lust. I don't want to live with 2% anger. Hey, at least I have 98%, you know, good, and just 5% anger issues. I don't want that. God is not calling us to cope with that. He calls us to eliminate that. So, so watch. Here comes Saul. And, and the prophet said, I want you to kill everybody. Kill everybody. The kids, I know that sounds but of the, of the enemy, because if they raise up, if they grow up, seeing all this, they're going to attack us again. I want you to kill the king, and I want you to, to kill all the animals. So here comes the prophet. And here's, here's, here's Saul thinking he did obedience because he had faith, but he didn't complete it. He goes, I've, did the, I've done the work of the Lord. I've done the, the word of the Lord. And then the prophet says, then what is that bleeding of the sheep that I hear? Bah, bah. But what is that? Oh, 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 I just kept a few for the Lord. I want to sacrifice for the Lord. Oh, and I, keep, I kept King Agag alive. But watch this. I did everything else. In other words, he did 99% of what God told him to do. Yet God ripped the kingdom out from Saul and kept it from David. You know why? Because David's faith was coupled by his works. Because when he found out that he was the one that the prophet called and said, you're the one, he got on his face, repented to the Lord. And in Psalm 51, if you read that, I know it's a little bit deep here. If you read Psalm 51, when he says, when he says uh, um, do not take your Holy Spirit away from me, and against you and you alone I have sinned, he was, that psalm was actually a response to the, what was happening in Bash, with him and Bathsheba, how he got caught. David repented to the Lord because he hurt God's heart. Saul repented to, uh, to the prophet because he wanted to make, be good look, good look in front of man and keep his position. Listen to me. If you, if you only come to repentance because you want to keep a position in your church and not because you hurt the heart of God, you've missed it altogether. And so, and so David, who committed adultery and murder, fasted for seven days. And his first child was a stillborn. It was dead. There was a consequence. God forgave him, but there was a consequence. That's a whole other topic right there. Some people think, well, God forgave me. Yeah, if you rape someone and then you get, and, and you shoot someone and then you get born again, that doesn't change the fact that you still did it. You got to go to jail. He had, to, he had to reap the consequences of his sin. Now watch, and I'm, I'm, I'm closing with this. There's three types of people in this room today. There's a, pers there's a person that's saying, I've had faith for a long time for this to happen. I've had faith for a long time for my kids to get right, for my marriage to get right. And you have no works followed up with it. All you're doing is, I'm believing God, I'm believing God. But you yourself are not changing. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Don't ask for the other person to change also. Works for your faith says, I got to change because I'm contributing to this problem too. With my complaining self. With my attitude self. With my unsubmissive self. See, I'm looking at the ground. Not, not anybody out here. And then there's another person in this room that all you do is you do good works. You do good deeds. But you've left the element of the supernatural out. You left the, the element of faith out. 
If it, to you, if, it, if it's risky, you won't do it. If you have to take a step of faith, you won't do it. Everything's got to be figured out to some of you. But guess what? Some of you, God is putting something in you, but the faith factor now needs to be in there. Not just the work factor. Now you have to sometimes step out because you know God spoke to you. Then there's a third person, which is this. There's a person that combines faith for what they believe in God and what they believe in God for, coupled with their actions. In other words, they start making changes in their lives due to the Spirit's conviction in their life. Come on, they start making changes in the way they give. Listen, if you guys are believing, I'm, I'm not, this is not a point to get you to give, but if you have faith that God is going to end the cycle of, of barely making it financially and you're not coupling it with works of obedience by giving and tithe, your obedience and faith is incomplete. The Bible says he had his faith and actions made his faith complete. So I want you to stand up today, this morning. Come on. Do you receive this word today? Come on, do you receive this word? I want you to lift up your hands. I, be, I feel in my spirit that there's people believing for something great. The Lord says, step out into that direction. You're believing for some, a breakthrough. You're believing for something. Don't just sit there. Make sure you step into that direction. Make sure you start hanging out with people that have the same faith and dream as you. Maybe it's you wanting your marriage to change. Well, look at yourself and say, how can I change? Maybe you want something to happen in your, in your, in your school or your business. Do something with the, spirit, with the faith that's in you. Well, come on, lift up your hands right now. Lift up your hands and say, God, make me a person of faith and work. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. For more information about us, please visit remnantchristiancenter.com.